So where, where we go from here, right? That's right, deeper and further. Deeper and further. I want to, I this will be different, but I, I, I felt like the early this morning the Lord just said, charge the people. Charge the people because we can't, like, the climax cannot be meeting today. Okay? Like, the, I, I'm, like I'm, like, overwhelmed with this. But there is more. Okay, there is more. And so we'll get to that. But on March 27th, so, so on March 27th, I wrote this word down. And I'm going to read it verbatim to you. I, I put this online. I shared it on Facebook. It went all over the place, actually. And um, I felt like it, was, it is a prophetic word from the Lord. I'm just going to say it. And, and I said this, and I believe it's coming to fruition. It's that we are witnessing the death of Sunday morning only Christianity. And that's a good thing. If we slow down, which we have been in a season of slowing down, <laughs> but by way that we have been forced to slow down, right? We are not as busy. And so if we will slow down, we will begin to hear Yahweh's whisper, inviting us into a life of moment-by-moment -moment devotion to Him, an abundant life. Isn't that interesting? That, that the more you slow down, the more life feels like it's actually abundant. And the more you strive and the more you try to do a bunch of stuff and the busier you make your schedule, the less abundant it feels. When this thing turns around, and it will, and it is, it's starting to, okay? We will begin meeting again corporately, but it will be different. We'll begin to see an unprecedented release of His Spirit among us because we have each learned how to fan the flames that we have received Monday through Saturday. And, at, and we will see the birth, the genesis of a third great awakening. We will begin to see people born again. We will see people set free. We will see the sick healed. We will see signs and wonders. And we will see nations discipled. The knowledge of the glory of the Lord will begin to cover the earth as the waters cover the sea. And so let's learn to respond to the Lord's whisper in this hour. And, and so, so we, we've had to learn how to steward the flames of personal revival without relying on feeling the emotional high of meeting corporately. And, and I believe that we're going to be better for it because of it. And I, I, w I don't want to do it again. I don't want to do it again. But I'm thankful for what the Lord has done during this season, okay? Now, on May the 12th, May the 12th, April and I were walking... We were walking at uh, uh, Beckley Creek, walking at Beckley Creek, and, and, and uh, since she's got pregnant, I can actually keep up with her now a little bit. <laughs> Doesn't look like a short, fat guy's chasing her the whole time. But on May the 12th, we were walking, and I just actually had this thought. We were walking right by the stream, walking right by the stream that's at Beckley Creek, and, and we met, I met this man in... I met this man in January, a, 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 man from, uh, uh, a man from Kansas City named L. Edwards. He's a prophet of the Lord, and, and, uh, and he's like one of these undercover ones. It's just really quiet, and he gets you. And uh, <laughs> when, when January at the, the waiting, I, I met with him, and, and the first time he met me, he read, like read my mail for like 10 minutes straight. I'd never seen anything like it. And, and we were talking, April said, have you heard from Dell lately? And I said, no, as a matter of fact, I 
And before I said haven't, he calls. Now, <laughs> you can either think it's coincidence or you can think that stuff doesn't happen <laughs> by accident. <laughs> you can think that stuff doesn't happen by accident. And so for the next hour, he begins to talk to me. And, and when you talk to really highly prophetic people, like sometimes it makes sense and sometimes it doesn't. And sometimes it feels like they talk in circles. But, 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 but when they talk in circles, there's things that keeps coming back around, right? And he starts sharing, and he's like, Michael, I think the Lord's calling people back to first love right now. And he started affirming everything that we had been doing. He started affirming a lifestyle of intimacy. He started affirming of going deeper in the Lord. He started affirming all these things. And then he said, it's just like, I think we're just in this process of rending our hearts. And that hit me hard because I knew the book of Joel. I knew Joel. And I actually knew Joel because 2012, when I gave my, really, I say give my life to the Lord, when I got awakened to the things of the kingdom, Joel was a book I obsessed about and read it. I, I don't know how many times, but I immediately knew it and I could have rattled off the next 10 verses because when he said, I think we're in this process of rending our hearts to God and that the remnant, the, 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 the bride of Christ is going to begin to be fully devoted to him and not be fascinated. Or he didn't say fascinated, that's my language, but he said not, not be distracted by lesser things. Things. And he starts saying that, and like I get off the phone with him. He said much, much more to us, but I get off the phone with him, and I start thinking about this. And I thought, you know what? This is, is what the Lord's doing. He's calling us to fast as a church. I've issued fasts over the years. I've asked us to do it. We've had some participate. I don't think I've ever called the church to a fast that I've had this many people respond to it. And, 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 and fast sacrificially. Okay, and all this is tying into where the Lord's taking us. And so we went through that first day of rending our hearts, which that word rend, it, it means to tear open, to split. And so we went through that first day of rending our hearts, and then we went through two days of fasting. Did you know, do you know this? You know, we had kids. We had our children actually participating in the fast. Like, and, and not like, I'm not going to color today. We had, we had seven-year-olds fasting a meal. We had our teenagers fasting different various things, whether it's food, and not just a little bit. We had some that didn't eat for two days. And then we had all the adults participating too. And we did it in belief that the Lord was going to pour himself out in an unprecedented measure. And so the Lord, he cannot help but begin to respond to hungry hearts. And so the purpose of us fasting, we went through that rending, which is really repentance, okay? And then we fasted. We fasted so the Lord would stir up hunger in our hearts, and so he would bring realignment to whatever needed realigned. And I feel like he's beginning to do that, all right? And so, so I, wanna, I just want to read a few scriptures. I want to read this scripture. Let's just do that. Joel 2.13, and rend your heart, not your garments, which, which the rending of your heart and not your garments. Obviously, they were talking about the garments that they wore, but the easy thing to do is to come here once a week and put money, put your $20 in the plate, pay the price of being here for 45 minutes to an hour, right, if it's a quick service, but, but come to this and then go about home and not live differently than from, like, live completely different Monday through Saturday than that one hour time block that you're here. The Lord's like, that's not what I want anymore. The Lord wants to do away with the Americanized version of Christianity. 
All right? And so now return the Lord, for He is gracious and compassionate. I love that. So when we rend our hearts, it's not because we're fearful. We have the fear, the holy reverence of God, but it's not out of fear that He's going to zap us. He's gracious and He's compassionate. Slow to anger, abounding in loving kindness, relenting of evil. Who knows whether or not he will turn and relent and leave a blessing behind him. Even a grain offering and a drink offering for the Lord your God. Blow a trumpet in Zion. Consecrate a fast. Proclaim a solemn assembly. That's what we've done. Gather the people together. Sanctify the congregation. Assemble the elders. Gather the children and the nursing infants. And let the bridegroom come out of his room and the bride out of her bridal chamber in other words it's a picture of being sacrificial what we did like why would a bridegroom and a bridal a bride come out of the bridal chamber until they were finished and there's like joel's like it doesn't matter what you got going on come out of it because what i want to do in your midst is important and i'm so thankful because i believe that we did this you answered that call let the Verse 17 gets me every time. Let the priests, the Lord's ministers, weep between the porch and the altar. And let them say, spare your people, O Lord, and do not make your inheritance a reproach. This this is what I've been praying for us. As the pastor of the church, I've been praying this verse over us the last few days. (laughs) Why should they among the people say, where is their God? And in verse 18, this is the Lord's response, and this is what I believe we're entering into right now. If I can say that this is what we are stepping into, this is what we are stepping into right now. All right? Verse 18, then the Lord will be zealous, will be jealous for his land, and will have pity on his people. The Lord will answer and say to his people, Behold, I'm sending you grain and new wine and oil, enough to satisfy you fully. <laughs> and I will never again make you a reproach among the nations. So, so it's, it's evident he's doing a new thing. And we said this the other night, this Wednesday night when I sent out the video, that when the Lord's pouring out new grain, when it's not, it doesn't even say new grain, it just says the Lord's pouring out grain. But when the Lord sends grain, grain is a picture of sustenance. And it's, it's a picture of Matthew 4, 4, that man does not live by bread alone, but every word that proceeds from the Father's mouth. I believe the Lord is taking us into a season where we're no longer going to find satisfaction in a lot of the things that we used to find satisfaction with. Okay, we're going to begin to find satisfaction and sustenance, sustenance from him and him alone and from his words. And so this is what this picture is. And so I say this, that the last 60 days, Bob said, let's not go back to where we were before. Last 60 days, the Lord has been changing our appetites because a lot of things that we were satisfied with, we can no longer be satisfied with because he's changed our appetites. It's like when you go on a diet for 60 days. Right, or if you get rid of sugar and you taste sugar, and it's like, what, what is that? Right, and, and you have to get acclimated to that thing again. I don't want to get reacclimated to the way it was before, I want to keep moving forward and living by that grain. And then he also says that not only am I going to send the grain, I'm going to send new wine. And, and, and the new wine, that's a picture of the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, which means he's going to begin to pour himself out in unfamiliar ways to us. It doesn't mean it won't be what something, something that someone else hasn't experienced. It's just going to be new to us. 
Okay, it's going to be new to us and how we receive that. Look, when when the Lord shows up, you can either be offended or you can receive it and begin to weigh the fruits. And I said, let's just weigh the fruits and see what happens rather than just, just, I don't know, I don't know about that. But I'm going to cherish that new wine that he sends because, again, it satisfies us in the full. Then he'll send oil. And oil, and all throughout the word, it represents the person of the Holy Spirit. It, it, we take oil and we anoint it on people and, and right, call the elders of the church together. If there's any sick among you, anoint them with oil and they shall be healed. So it's a, it's a picture of the Holy Spirit, but it's also a picture of healing and restoration. And I think this, I've, I've heard testimonies from many of you over the last month, especially the last month, because the first month was hard. And then like, like, like week five and six, some of y'all went through hell. It's just the truth. It was like I was getting all kinds of phone calls and texts. This is going on, this is going on, this is going on. And that's not to make light of the thing. It's just the Lord was changing things in our lives. And then he started to pour his oil out and bring healing and restoration. Some there's People's marriages have been restored. People's faith has been restored. People's hunger and intimacy with the Lord's been restored. And so as we step into this thing, not only does he bring healing to us, but guess what? He uses us to release healing to the world around us. It's just this beautiful, beautiful picture of what he wants to do in this hour. And so as we contended for a greater stirring of hunger, or as we fasted and said, Lord, (laughs) stir up hunger, bring realignment, it's actually what qualifies us to receive a, a greater outpouring of his Holy Spirit. It's just, it's just absolutely beautiful what he wants to do. It's absolutely beautiful what he wants to do. And, and this is what's amazing, is that this prophecy from Joe came immediately after Joe won, when the locusts came, and they ate everything and destroyed everything. And then the locusts come again, and they destroyed what was left of what wasn't left, right? And it was like, it's really bad, and then it gets really bad. Right? Locusts came and took all that. And the Lord is saying this, this verse 18 is a response to what was taken away. So let me say this. There's been some things taken away. And, and we do things by honor of the governmental authorities. We, we do that. Some things have been taken away because they needed taken away. Some things have been taken away and we need to go after those things again. But, but here, here, here's, here's where it is, is the Lord, the Lord in response, he was telling his people, I know, I know that you had this taken from you, but I'm going to, that grain that was taken, that wine that was taken, that oil that was taken, I'm going to return it. And not only am I going to return it, I'm going to give enough to where you're going to be fully satisfied from this day forward. And so, 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 so it is a, it is a picture for us of saying it like, it's like, oh, we, we didn't meet for 10 weeks. Okay, that's fine. But guess what? The Lord, he'll make up for lost time in a moment. And he did. And he's going to take us deeper and further than we've ever been because that is his nature. He's not a God of scarcity. He's a God of abundance. The systems of, let me tell you this, the systems of this world want you to live in, I'm just going to say, the system of this world wants you to live in fear 
because if you get fearful, you get greedy. And if you get greedy, you get violent because you start fighting with brothers and sisters because you're holding on to what's yours. That's what we do. And the Lord is not a God of scarcity. From the time that he liberated the Egypt, or liberated the Israelites from Egypt, he was a God of abundance. And he restored that which was lost. And so for us, it's like, all right, we got all this stuff going on, but we're not going to freak out. We're not going to panic. We're not going to live in fear. We're not turn greedy i my, my wife sometimes the holy spirit it, it uses my wife's voice i don't understand it but we were at the grocery store when this thing first hit and everyone's freaking out about tp and i'm like oh there's three rows and or three packet and like i grabbed them and she says what are you doing we have plenty at the house and she made me put them back and we haven't ran out <laughs> that's silly but it's it's the abundance of the lord as you trust him all right and he's taking us into that see the lord when he says this promise in 18 or this verse right here i'm sorry 19 this is a prophetic picture of going from transitioning from sterile to fertile we'll let that hit you for a second this is the picture going from sterile to fertile. I believe this is the word for the church. I'm going to read this verbatim. I wrote this this morning. I believe this is the word of the church. We've had some fruit. But overall, we, and capital the church, we've been sterile. And we've been sterile in that we have not seen a generational revival that was passed on from generation to generation. And now we are coming into a season where we will actually be fertile and see fruit and we will begin to see much harvest. So, so it's like some of you are like, some of you get in the summer, that's okay. What, what I'm going to, I'll just, let me put it this way. He's transitioning in us from saying, I can't wait to go to church because I love my church and that's the only thing we think about to really start thinking, I love my church and I love this company of people, but I have Christ in me, the hope of glory. I'm impregnated by his spirit. Where I go, he goes. Where he goes, I go. And everywhere I go, someone has an opportunity to come into an encounter with him. That is what he's calling us to, church. Okay? Like, I, like, I, I cannot wait for the day. Like, I look around and I recognize every face that's in here. I can not wait for the day where I walk up to someone and think, who in the world are these guys, right? <laughs> because then we get to know that. Why? Because they're coming into the kingdom because what you all are releasing this came through you, all right? I forgot how much fun this was to be in a group of people. <laughs> so where do we go from here? This is, like I say all that, like this is what the Lord's taking us in, like like practically, where do we go from here? But my, my prayer the whole time has been like, you know, again, the highlight can't, like this is a highlight and this will be a day that many of us remember for years. But if we go from glory to glory, it should be getting better. <laughs> Where we go from here, we've learned how to, learning, I won't say learned because I don't think we ever stopped learning how to develop a devotional lifestyle. And I'm not talking to open up a Beth Moore devotion or a Sarah whatever devotion. I'm talking, I'm talking about living a lifestyle of devotion unto the Lord. We're learning how to do that. It's like everything I do is devotion. Whether I read my Bible, whether I read something that someone else has said, whether it's the way that I do my dishes, whether it's the way that I cut, have the lawn taken care of, whether it's the way that I treat other people, it's all in a lifestyle of devotion unto the Lord. 
Because no matter what you do, you do it for the glory of God. Okay? So, so then it changes the way you do things if it's all worship. We've rendered our hearts. We've asked the Lord to search us, right? Search my heart, O oh God. <laughs> Sometimes that's hard to do, by the way, because it's like, I think I've prayed that prayer a million times, and I didn't mean it most of the time. Like, search my heart, O oh God, as long as it's convenient. <laughs> search my heart, O oh God, as long as it doesn't sting too much, right? And we fasted. I hope and I'm praying that fasting just becomes a regular lifestyle for us, by the way. But, but we cannot let the excitement of today wear off. Let me say it like this. We cannot get ac- fall back into acclamation. The hardest, like, it was, it was weird at first when this thing first broke out. Like, like, like I, and I'm a creature, as, as much as I seem like I'm free and, like, I, sh- I thrive in routine and structure. <laughs> I'm like, I'm rigid when it comes to my structure. April, April it's like 2.30, and I get up, and she's like, are you making your coffee again? <laughs> you know, it's like day by, at 2.30, that's, that's coffee 30 for me, you know, or whatever, or, or 9.55 hits, and, and she looks, and she's like, you can go to bed, because <laughs> she knows 10 p.m. is when I want to go to bed, right? I mean, it's just, I'm a creature of habit. When this thing hit, my whole routine, much like everyone else in the room, my whole routine just went, like, y'all having all the kids at home, like, right, homeschool, like, that was hard. Your routine got messed up. But after a few weeks of having routines messed up, how many of y'all fell into new routines? Yeah? You get used to it, and now we're starting to transition again. And, and what I feel like is, a, I say, I'll say a, a warning from the Lord, is let's not fall back into routines in the sense that we take for granted what the Lord is doing in this and our day-to-day life. Because, yeah. it, again, it's really easy. It's really easy to get in routine and be like, 15 minutes with Jesus, Coffee, you know, whatever, and, and out the door, and then work, 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 come home, have dinner with my family, watch a few minutes of TV because I got to veg out, and then before you know it, I'm tired, and I go back to bed. And what I believe the Lord is, wants us to do is not get used to just the routine and become, have everything become so structured and rigid, we never appreciate what he's doing moment by moment by moment. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> really good. Uh, the, great, the greatest tragedy wouldn't be that we've been in isolation and haven't been able to have corporate worship in the same room for 10 weeks. That's not the greatest tragedy. The greatest tragedy would be that we would slip back into normal life. I'm reading it verbatim. Would be that we would slip back into normal life like nothing ever happened, allowing our hunger for God And our desire to meet with one another to wear off. Like, I, I love this. And I've longed for this. I've missed it. I've missed it. I've missed seeing people worship. I've missed seeing our kids dance. I wrote online, like, I've, I miss seeing people cry. I've, I've missed seeing people hoot and holler. I miss seeing people respond to whatever the Lord's doing differently. Like, look around the room, and this hits everyone different. Like, I've missed that with all of my heart. 
but in longing for that now that we're starting to get this back. I don't want to fall back into the routine. I don't want to fall back into the routine. Well, we got it now. Everything's good. Everything is good, but it's going to get better. <laughs> okay? Does that make sense? The goal, the goal is this, that the knowledge of the glory of the Lord would begin to cover the earth as the waters cover the seas, right? The goal would be that the kingdoms of this world become the kingdoms of our God and of his Christ. Like the, the goal would be on earth as it is in heaven. Like that is the goal. And so it's like we get this back. We're stronger because we're together. But man, oh man, oh man, if like this is where it stops, we are sorely missing out on what it is and I'll be this is what the world points at and says this is wrong with the church they're only clickish and they only want to hang out with each other and I'm saying I love hanging out with each other we're not clickish by any means but man let's begin to see the Lord move through us in our day-to-day life let's begin to devote let's begin to see people coming to the kingdom of God let's not be afraid to share that I was once lost but now I'm found right let's not be afraid to say I was blind I was blind but now I see almost a year let's not be afraid to share that stuff man and you don't have to be obnoxious about it right this next wave of the move of the Lord will be done out of love not out of obligation I actually think that's a good word he's taking us out of obligation and into love So let's begin to steward the presence of the Lord. So here's, I say, here's the challenge. Here's the charge. Here's the charge. Let's stay in the secret place in our day-to-day lives. Some of us have developed lives of intimacy with the Lord that you've never had before. Do not change your patterns. Even if you have to start going physically to work and your, cha- your calendar changes or your, your day-to-day schedule changes, make more time. I'm saying do not forsake that time with him. The most, let me tell you this, the most important thing that I can do as a pastor or as a minister is to be alone with the Lord. There's lots of other tasks I have, but I prom- the most important ministry I have is the ministry of his feet. Because if I don't get at his feet, I have nothing to give away. If you don't get at his feet, you have nothing to give away. We want to we develop that lifestyle of growing in intimacy with Jesus. We want to develop a lifestyle. I'm praying that we develop a lifestyle of fasting and seeking after God and continue to stir up hunger and continue to stir up hunger and continue to stir up hunger for more of him because I, 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 just, I, just, I just want more. We need to, I want us to begin to develop a lifestyle of worship. And, and, and so what does that look like? It, it, it may look like turning off the TV and putting on worship for a few hours in your house and letting those words permeate your whole household. I don't know. I'm saying, or it, it may look like that. It may look like if you have a guitar, you just start singing to the Lord. It may look like there's no one around you. You just start singing and blessing the Lord. I want our homes to be houses of worship. This, this does not, let me say, like this does not, I don't want this to be the only worship that we have. And you're fortunate if you really like our worship, which I'm pretty partial to, you can go and get online and rewatch old services and just play the worship from beginning to end and engage the Lord in your living room. And you could do all kinds of stuff, but he's calling you into a lifestyle of fascination and a lifestyle of worship with him. And 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 like and that's it's e- again, it's easy to get back out of our routines. I've and, and this is a tension I wrestle with. It's like I get busy, busy, busy. I'm like, man, I haven't had my time with the Lord or I've had 
have my time with the Lord, but I haven't had this, this time where it's not script. I'm not, re- I'm not doing anything. All I'm doing is just blessing his name. <clears throat> and this next one, some of you all really benefited because you weren't around some of the same people. I don't mean that mean. This is just the truth. Because of the isolation, you weren't around some of the same voices. And some of those voices were negative and pessimistic. And I'm saying it's okay if those voices get cut off from your life. Uh oh. You cut those things off, man. It's not, and I don't mean that mean or arrogant. I'm, I'm saying there are things that get tied onto your soul that's just better off to just cut that off so it doesn't pull you back. It doesn't pull you back into that. It's almost like the Lord allowed you to go through a detox period. So that, so that you're like, all right, I just want to be around people that give life. Now, now, now here's, here's the perversion of that. We say, I don't want to be around people that don't give life. And then we don't want to be around people that need Jesus. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about, not, I'm talking about cutting off those voices that just, you, they say a word to you and you're like crying and laying in the fetal position in the corner for two weeks. And you've lost all of your faith because they have that sway over you. And someone needs to hear that. And, and so, so the Lord, I, I'll say this, surround yourself with people that speak life into you. Now, not all, like, let me tell you this. For, for us, the language you use is spiritual fathers and mothers. Like, like, surround yourself with people that will correct you, that will rebuke you, that will also celebrate with you, right? Like, I have people in my life that if I mess up, they'll be like, what are you doing? They may not say it that nicely, but they'll say, what are you doing? And then there's some that'll be like, but, but those same voices, if I fall down or I do something, they'll be, come on, let's get back up. Let's go after this thing. And so I, I'm just saying, be careful about what you listen to, who you listen to. And, and, and by the way, voices, it may be things that you're following online. It may be things that you're watching on television. And I'm not a legalist. Like I say, if you want to be online, get online. If you watch TV, watch TV. I'm saying, don't let anything feed into you that's going to make you have a skewed vision of the kingdom of God. Okay? <laughs> and I'm, let's, be, let's just steward the presence of the Lord. Man. Like, I, it's like, what, where, what's, what's really next? Man. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> no. No. I, let me. The only thing I'm very certain of is we just need to keep pursuing Jesus. And we need to steward him just as well at home as we do here. And as we steward him well, we'll begin to see increase and we'll begin to see revival. The Lord's given a new definition for that, isn't he? Tissues all over the floor from a 2 a.m. 2 a. worship service with teenagers. People opening their Bibles for the first time in months or years. People just growing closer to Jesus or Him speaking in ways, the ways that we've never imagined. That's that's revival. 
Like, I love this. But most of it happens at home. Most of it happens at home. So I, I, I want to I pray. And what, what I want to pray is, uh, it's, is, is I'm going to pray that the Lord send us forth into this life. It's like where we were before, this was good. But he says I, we go from glory to glory. And so... If I can have glory, or if I can have glory, <laughs> I want glory. And then once I get glory, if I can get glory, I'm real short. But if I get, get a little bit more, you understand? Like, I, I want us to live like that, growing closer and closer to Jesus. So I'm going to pray the Lord sends us forth into that lifestyle. Okay, I'm going to pray that some of the habits the Lord has started in you of prayer and worship and word and fasting and eating meals with your families and spending time with your loved ones and, and just having a more simplistic life. You know, Babylon wants your life to be chaotic. The ways of the kingdom is pretty simple. <laughs> you know what we are for the world, by the way? The world looks one way. And our lives are a prophetic declaration that it, even though it looks this way, it can be this way. That's what Jesus came to do. You heard it said, but I say to you. You have seen it, but this is what I say to you. And so your life is your neighbor's. I heard it said this way. No, I live my life this way. And he begins to change. So I just want to pray. And, and, uh, If you need to change your posture, change your posture. But I'm going to pray that the Lord release an impartation of these, of these different aspects. And I'm just going to pray and just believe that he's going to let us lead a, I didn't even preach on this part, but he's going to give us a life of celebration. <laughs> where we are celebrating what the Lord has done in our day-to-day -day lives. I'm going to pray that he increases hunger. I'm going to pray that he increases intimacy. I'm praying for increased holiness, meaning that the things that we used to wrestle with, we're no longer going to wrestle with. And then I'll go back and pray for the things that we talked about with grain and wine and oil. But Lord, I would pray that you would begin to send all of us forth into this, Jesus. I would pray that you would send us forth into a life of celebration, God. I would pray, God, that we would become a people that would celebrate everything that you do. That we would, that we would, as we sing that last song, we raise a hallelujah despite anything that we see what's going on, Lord. That that we aren't people that 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 sing the worship music at hell, which is really complaining and grumping and arguing and bickering. But we would be the people that show forth the ex excellencies of our God. May we may we be a people, God. <laughs> may we be a people that celebrates you. 
May we be a people that celebrates you, Jesus. May we be a people, Lord, that, that, that worships you. May we be a people, Lord. I, I, I saw a governor that had said something along these lines that, that it's not God is the reason why people aren't dying. It's because we're doing good things. I, I would say, Lord, may we be a people that is quick to say it's because of our God that things are going the way that they're going. It's because of our God that's taking care of us. It's because of our God why we get to meet. It's because of our God that why things are working out for the good of those who love Him and are called according to His purposes. We will no longer, we will no longer as a people use Facebook as a place to vent. We will no longer be a people that just calls someone and says, I just need to unload. We will be a people that begin to proclaim the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. We will be a people that say He is good and His loving kindness, it endures forever. So I say, Lord, let us be a people of celebration. I say, Lord, would you begin to make us more hungry for you? Stir up hunger for your people, God. Or stir up a hunger in your people, God. If there's one thing that I would ask, it's make me more hungry for you, God. Lord, I love you and I I feel like I'm learning the ways of your character and your nature, but I am not satisfied with where I'm at personally, God. I am not satisfied with where we are as a congregation, God. I'm saying let us be a people, Lord, that, that know you, that know your ways, that know your heart, that know your character. Let us be like David, Lord, a man after your own heart or a man that chased after your heart, God. I say stir up hunger, God. I say, Lord, some of the lesser lovers, may they begin to go away fully. May some of those former distractions, may they go away and never come back, God. May some of those former fascinations, may they never, ever come back, God. I say, Lord, make us a people that want you and you alone. I was thinking of the preacher as I said that, Lord, that that April and I watched a few weeks ago that said, Lord, send revival. I don't care what it costs me. I don't care what it does. I don't care about my reputation. I only want you and I want only our people to want you God (laughs) I pray for increased intimacy in the body of Christ as well Jesus I pray Lord that we can that we can experience you as God and other and holy but I pray Lord that you begin to allow us I pray Lord you give like a Shulamite impartation God where we begin to experience you as your bride And I would pray for an increase in holiness. And it's not a popular message today, Lord. But I would pray for an increase in holy living. Not a list of do's and do nots. I pray we get so fascinated with you that things begin to fall off of our life. I don't want, I, I actually pray, Lord, I pray for the day where us as a company of people no longer have to pray, please, Lord, help me overcome this temptation to sin. I pray that our fascination with your beauty is the only thing we think about, and therefore we never even give sinning a second thought. I say, take us deeper, Jesus. Take us deeper. I say, I say, Lord, as the as the leader of this church, my household, I say, God, we're, we're not going to turn turn the channel. We are not going to turn the page. 
We're going to make a, we're going to be a people, continue to be a people that make your presence the biggest deal on this earth, Lord. We're going to be a people that make your face and your company the only thing that really matters. Everything else is wonderful, but we will not turn the dial, God. We will not turn the channel. I will not turn the channel from you. And I will not turn the channel of trying to press in and see revival that turns into generational, which turns into the third grade away. I will not move beyond that, God. I will not, Lord. Just all around the Lord, all around the room, Lord, I, I pray this last few things. I say, Jesus, I say begin just as we entered into this fast. I say, Lord, begin to satisfy your people with your grain. May, may we be a people that only live by the bread that comes from heaven. Oh, Jesus is the bread that comes from heaven. May, may, may we be a people that we don't, may, may our appetites not diminish, but actually increase in the days ahead, God. May it be so for us and our spouses and our children, God. May, may our appetites only increase for you, Lord. Send that grain that satisfies us fully, but also makes us ask for more. We would also ask for that new wine, that new wine that you are beginning to pour out, God. I would, I would ask this, and some of you are automatically thinking, well, we need a new wineskin. I think the Lord's been giving a new wineskin in preparation for quite a while, and now he's beginning to be ready to begin to pour out new wine. And so I say, Lord, would you begin to pour out a new measure of your Holy Spirit on every person in this room today and those that are at home as well watching. I would, I would say, Lord, pour out that Spirit like never before. I would say, Lord, if our encounter with, was you... 25, 30 years ago, I say, go ahead and pour yourself out again, Jesus. <laughs> May, wow. may, may we be a people that's not intoxicated by the things of this world. But may we be a people that don't get drunk by wine, but by His Spirit, as Paul wrote, Lord. <laughs> and I would pray, Lord, send that oil. Send that oil, God. Send that healing oil, Lord. Begin to restore marriages. Begin to restore relationships with, with, between mothers and fathers and sons and daughters, God. Go ahead and release that healing oil for that, Lord. Let us, let us be a people of redemption and restoration. Let us not be a people with wagging our fingers, but let us be a people with, who have their arms wide open, Lord. I, I would pray, God, that you would begin to bring healing to whatever needs healing in people's hearts today, Jesus. As I was praying for that, I was reminded of of a few years ago, we had someone, and I think this is a picture of what happens sometimes, but we had someone in one of our churches where we would pray for healing every week, and they would testify that they got healed. It was a physical affliction, but the week after, they would ask for praying for prayer again, and I felt like the Lord had said that they weren't, they didn't really need healing. What they liked was, was, the, was the attention that they were receiving in the room, and so I say, Lord, may, may, may we 
not run back to things, but may you actually heal us to such a degree that we don't have to run back to those things anymore so that we feel what we need to feel. I would ask, Lord, that you would begin to release healing in a way, God, that we can move on from the wounds of the past. And, and, and when you move on from the wounds of the past, it's not saying that you have, I'm not telling you to forget and I'm not telling you to let it go. I'm saying you can carry, you can carry some of that mourning, if you will, or you can carry some of that, but I'm asking it not to let, no longer allow it to define you. But I say, Lord, would you begin to tor- turn mourning into joy, if you will? Would you begin to give people the oil of gladness today, Jesus? Ask that, Jesus. And I pray, Lord, that that oil that you put in people's hearts, I pray, Lord, it begins to be released through people's hands and mouths. (laughs) Matthew 10, 7 and 8, you've heard me rattle off a bajillion times. And as you go, preach that the kingdom of heaven is hand heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, cast out demons. Freely you have received. Now freely give. Let's be a people that freely give. So Father, I I just, I thank you for what you're doing. I thank you that you have allowed us to assemble once again. This is different than what I thought, although I don't really know what I thought it was going to look like, Jesus. But I pray that we leave this moment forever changed. I would pray that we would not take you for granted. I would pray that we would no longer take meeting with you and meeting with your people for granted, Lord. Pray we would not take this for granted anymore. We need you and we need each other. Lord, I love you, I thank you, and I just bless you. I just bless this people today. It's in your name we pray. Amen. 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 Let's give them some praise. Amen.